wrestling fans to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans. And we appreciate you joining us for episode 28. And there is a lot we have to discuss this week. I am your host, the old school wrestling fan, collector, barber, and musician, talk wrestling, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of pro wrestling podcast, Andy. I am also your host, the No Sound Wrestling Andy fan, Jeremy. I think you guys need to add some more accolades in so I just don't sound like so much of a douchebag. But okay. Hell <laughs> no. I can be I can be the the gaming architect of a Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Today uh we're gonna be talking about uh Scott Hall passing away, Cody Rhodes signing with AEW, which is crazy. We'll get into it. Signing uh, with WWE. Or sorry. Actually. Signing with WWE. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes. Yes, then that would be crazy if you resign with AEW. <laughs> okay, and uh, we're going to be talking about a new AEW Women's Champion. So uh, yeah, big week. But first, guys, I think we need to uh, touch on Scott Hall. Um, he did unfortunately pass away on the last episode. We were talking that he wasn't in good condition, and uh, yeah, we were talking about how he was on life support, and literally the next day they took him off of life support. Yeah, so it's very unfortunate. I did see, well, we all see, and we'll get into it. Uh, both shows at this point have done dedications to him, shout-outs to him. Mm-hmm. Probably the most heart-wrenching for me to read was the Kevin Nash one. Just because when you think of Scott Hall or you think of Kevin Nash, a lot of the times in your head you like see the two of them together as a unit. So... I just feel I just feel really bad for I feel for, bad for his family and everybody, but yeah, it just is such a shame. Yeah, it was all the members of the clique that made me bummed. Like Triple H said, he was gutted. Uh, I think Shawn Michaels said, "I love you, my friend." And then X Pac, can't remember, but he he had a good one too. DDP's actually made me laugh, which uh, yeah. that that was a nice little change. Um, yeah, it's he was always talking... hard to hear when. You like you read all those stories like Kevin Nash, how he did his posts and like basically told like all those stories, and then you realize like how important he is to everyone, basically. Yeah, um, there was a, yeah there was a lot of not just like his close friends, but like just wrestlers in the industry who, um, were like influenced by him or you know really liked his wrestling and uh, yeah he was known for like being really like uh, have a really good mind for the business and um, a lot of people would come to him about you know that kind of stuff yeah I wanted to touch on like last week I just wanted to bring up a couple Scott Hall things and then we'll move on but you know and just in light of recent events I love Scott Hall I got like I said last week I got tons of figures here I'm a big action figure guy not ashamed to admit it and I got think like six scott hall figures that's somewhere behind me in this room so he's definitely a person that's made an impact on my life i've i've loved the nwo he just was so cool you know like he had like a swagger to him that like i um not envied but like just like even when you're like walking around it's like man like it's almost like i wish i was that cool you know like he didn't even the have a bad guy yeah, he didn't have to try. That was just, like, how he is, the way he talked. Like, all that stuff was just, like, him as a person, which is 
super cool. And then he expanded upon that with the Razor Ramon character, adding a little bit of like the uh, accent in there. And then when he was in the MWO, it was uh, just cool to the max. Like that was like everything that at the time, especially in the 90s, like they were current and hip. They brought the hip hop influence into the wrestling world, wearing like the Tupac bandanas and stuff. But what we all did this week, uh, or um, I, I know at least Andy and I did, we, we were talking about it, is we watched a few Scott Hall matches. The one that I did watch was uh, him and Bret Hart uh, at the Royal Rumble. It was for the WWF Championship. It's a great match. That's the same we, one that I was going to say I did. Okay, cool. No, that's good, though, so we can yeah. like get into it a little bit. So I think that that's a good one to choose because, one... A lot of people are familiar with the NWO, WCW, Scott Hall stuff. Not a lot of people besides, I guess, like, new-gen fans have seen much Razor Ramon stuff. Like, a lot of people have seen that ladder match because that's been on, like, every DVD and highlight reel forever. The one against Shawn Michaels for the double Intercontinental title. But this is an interesting match because, one, Scott doesn't or Razor Ramon in this match. He doesn't win the match, and it's for the title. And that's kind of like the big story with him is that he never won a world championship. He's like the best wrestler that never won a world championship. I would say him and Kurt Henning are the two You know what's crazy? Both very good intercontinental champions, both those guys, but yeah, never won the main title. The crazy thing I didn't know was this was his only – title match on a pay-per-view for WF ever. Yep. And just like, you know, for me being like the the in-ring, I like the in-ring stuff. I think this is a good one to watch because it shows that I think the NWO stuff sometimes gives Scott Hall and Kevin Nash a bad rap. Like, like, Like Scott Hall wasn't a good worker or like couldn't wrestle. And it was all just like, uh, smoke and mirrors kind of stuff. And I think like, this is a good example that shows that like he can do all that stuff. So he's not only like was a good worker, which everybody talked about, but his mind for the business was incredible. And last thing I'll say on him on my part is sting. There's a story on it. There's lots of DVDs. You guys can look. There's a, I think it's in the, the razor Ramon DVD. But Sting was growing his hair, and he was starting to change his character a little bit, and he wasn't really sure what he was doing. And this is the quote. He said, hey, are you still – he said, are you growing your hair long? And he said, yeah. He said, are you going to bleach it anymore? He's like, no. And he said, are you still going to wear, like, the happy-go-lucky good guy tights? And he was like, well, I'm not sure what I'm doing yet. And he asked him, have you ever seen the movie The Crow? And he said, no, I haven't. So then – he explained to him he explained to him what it was and then i guess steve borden went home and watched the movie and that's how the sting crow character one of the most iconic wrestling characters ever maybe in the top 5 was born and that's all scott hall just giving somebody like a little bit of an idea and just saying hey you should do this and i just think that's so cool cuz this sting crow character is so influential on my wrestling life like I love that character, and that came out of Scott Hall's brain in a, in a way, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so at least for my part on this match, uh, 
one of the reasons I chose it and also watched it again because uh, also like obviously because Razor Ramon's in it, but Bret Hart is also one of my favorites ever. So agreed. And I don't think they they really had many matches at all other than this one, right? Yeah. And just real quick, like CM Punk said, yeah. Brett was always right. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. keep going, Jeremy. So, yeah, this was one of the few between these two. So that's one of the reasons I chose it. It's also, I think it was, because I have a few notes on it right here. And uh, I think he Razor Ramon got put into it because Ultimate Warrior recently got released right before this. And so he was kind of like just like thrusted into this match. And which is another reason that it was such a great match and it was like is not that much build up at all for what they wanted to do, I guess. Um but yeah, I just and the the psychology that he always brings into it, it's like the part that like I think during his match, uh he was like focused on the ribs because he didn't want to like uh obviously get into the sharpshooter and all this stuff. It's just like those details in the matches that maybe you don't see all the time right now anymore. I love that about matches when they hint at there's something going on that is going to come into play later, and that's storytelling. So, like, the ribs are, like, there's lots of matches where things like that have been planted in the beginning where it becomes a factor later on. So, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I thought the match was cool. But, Andy, so you watched a few, man. What, What do you got for us? Okay, so I didn't plan on watching a few. It just happened because, okay, so my original pick was, well, one, I wanted to pick a match I'd never seen with Scott Hall or Razor Ramon. Um, So I picked The Rock versus Scott Hall on SmackDown. It was like two weeks before Mania 18 because I'd never seen them wrestle each other before. So I started watching it, but um, I think after about like only five minutes of wrestling, then W.O. got involved, and then Austin came out with chairs, and it was, you know, it, you know, disqualification, basically. So you're like, happened. this there is... was no clear winner. So you're like, like, all right, all right this, well, isn't, this isn't a good enough match to review for, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and for those, for those, like, five minutes that they were actually wrestling, it was good. But I was just like, this isn't a good one to review. So then I was searching, I was like, 2004, Impact Wrestling, Scott Hall versus AJ Styles. I was like, okay. Um, That's an interesting which, you know, choice. It was only like what? It was only two years after that rock match. So I was like, I was like, okay. Like his issues weren't as crazy as they would eventually get to be. And this was actually it was a good match. Um, and I was going to talk about this one, you know, as my only one. But then I found out <laughs> that Razor Ramon on a Monday Night Raw. Uh, Intercontinental Championship match wrestled Owen Hart, and I was like, oh, oh. I was like, I got, I was like, I gotta watch this. So I watched that, and that was even better than the AJ Styles match. Um, well, yeah, yeah he's I, like I mean, ten, he's like ten years younger and facing Owen Hart. <laughs> yeah, it was like January. It was like January of nineteen ninety five. You know, it had to have been like right before he left to go to WCW. Uh, yeah, and it it was you know, Owen Hart. You know, speaks for himself with his wrestling. Uh, you had Shawn Michaels on commentary. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It was just really good. The winner was uh, Razor Ramon in the end. Um, I think it's because Brett came out and interfered. So none of these had clean finishes except for um, 
I think the AJ Styles. No, the AJ Styles match too was Jeff Jarrett came out and hit him in the head with a guitar. So none of them had clean finishes. You know what's funny? But, it's like you you can almost picture Scott Hall being in the back, being like, I mean, you know, maybe maybe someone comes out and takes him out. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you had Nash at ringside during the the TNA Impact one, and yeah, you had Shawn Michaels on commentary during the Owen Hart one, and then you had all the NWO during the Rock one. So like, his buddies are involved in every single one, but. I mean, if I think the AJ Styles match is good and worth checking out, um, but the Owen Hart one definitely. If you can find a clearer video than the one I watched, um, definitely find it. But they have it on YouTube. It's like two parts. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. They were all matches I hadn't seen before. Yeah, I think we close on Scott Hall with this and just say, if there's anybody listening to this show that has not seen Shawn Michaels versus Scott Hall for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. Go watch that match, and there's the, that's the only reason we're not bringing it up because it's the first ladder mind, match, right? In WWE, very first yes. ladder match, yeah, in WWE, in, yes. in WWE. Other people were doing it other places, but that was the first one that they did. Like, and I think there was one on maybe a house show, but this is like the first one that was on pay per view, and it was uh, at, at Mania. So yeah, go watch that. I just hadn't bring didn't bring it up because it's almost like, you know, the obvious thing in the room where it's like oh of course people have seen that but if you haven't obviously go i think razor ramon wins in the end uh that one yes he does he stands on he stands on top of the ladder with both belts now a lot of people will say oh my sean had a match with a ladder in that match and i don't think that's fair like i've gone back and watched it a lot and like scott does his thing too and he's awesome so uh yeah i just want to say this and we'll move on uh rest in peace scott hall thank you so much for everything really like you are iconic dude the you are the fucking man nwo for life and that's all i'm gonna say we can move on from there all right well if we're moving on from there um the next big story this week was which many had speculated but it has been officially announced online that cody rhodes has signed with wwe apparently he had actually signed like I don't know, like 10 to 14 days ago, they were just keeping under wraps. Um, I think the plan right now is to bring him out at Mania, kind of like the Hardy Boys, you know, a couple years ago. Um, I predict, you know, Seth is going to be out there demanding a match with someone and then Cody uh, comes out because I think the plan is still to have Cody Rhodes uh, wrestle Seth. And then I believe after Mania, he's going to be a Raw superstar. So that's pretty big news, um, but I think we all saw it coming. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering how long, like, because when Cody left WWE, I actually wasn't that interested in him. Like, he was, like, pretty good overall, but then once he left and became a huge star, then, like, that's the Cody that I liked more. So I'm curious to see, like, how... Yeah, I mean, this is my favorite like, version of Cody is yeah. the Cody that left and was in AEW. Right. So I'm curious well, how he translates that into. I mean, he had terrible well, gimmicks before. So okay, well, okay, hang on. If we're getting really specific here, just to be fair, the best Cody Rhodes gimmick is the Ring of Honor gimmick, where he's the American yeah. Nightmare and has the ring. I didn't was not. Oh, you a mean fan you mean after W? So you're saying after WWE, but before AEW? 
Yes, because AEW, yeah. he kind of starts like that, but then all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's like full-blown Captain America. When he started so... AEW, it was like, <laughs> I would be like going off the roof for him like when it came Oh, out. me too. Then I was like, like hyped. Time, you're like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when like he was like in the Bullet Club and all that, I mean, that was a great version of Cody Rhodes. He had some good matches with Kenny. Yeah, it was it was um, cool it was, stuff. I feel like he did like that stupid uh, like title thing. Like he's like, I can't challenge for a title if I lose. And I like, yeah, that just there. like was a bad that that was, was also really... too early on in the company to do yeah. that. That was like a couple months in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is the one thing. It's like, yeah, we all know that those guys were the EVPs, but at the same time, like, part of me is like. Should they have just like left that part alone? Like we know that, right? So it's like, like it's not maybe not even bring that up, and then just have everything else be normal because, like you said, as soon as you made it like, it made Cody seem like he was like, like it was like Tony Khan, and then Cody Rhodes. So the fact that Cody Rhodes like didn't resign and is now signing with WWE or supposedly allegedly, it's like what? I thought this was this was the guy. Like there was the Cody, there was the Cody gif where he's like doing the Hulk Hogan ear, where it's like any talent that like was about to leave WWE was like, oh, come to AEW, and all of a sudden he's not there anymore. And I'm like, it, it just I associated him so hard with being an office person with AEW, and the fact that maybe he really wasn't that much. I don't know. Well, you know what's funny about this? So. Before we started doing the podcast, there's a resurfaced Cody Rhodes interview that about AW that does not age well. I don't know if you guys saw right? this. He said uh, in the interview, he said, "I want to stay an executive vice president of all elite <laughs> wrestling, and I I've told Tony Khan this until I die. This is where I this is where this is the end of my road. I can't necessarily go back. The others can change, but I really can't. Well." Uh, so, and I'm not going to get oh, on a fill. <laughs> I'm not going to get super philosophical with our listeners because that's not what we do on this show when we're talking wrestling. But I just sometimes when you say something and you remember what you say, it almost affects your decision on what you're doing because you hold yourself accountable for your own words, and it's almost like you don't want to let yourself down. But at the same time, if it's for your mental health or if there's other reasons, obviously that's a different story. My thing is, dude was getting paid, right? Either way, it, no matter what company he's going into. Yeah. Like, yeah, he might get more. He also had a kid in, during that time. Like, his life had changed a little bit. Right. But my thing is, like, he knows that he said that, right? So when he's you make that, me, I'm sure. When you make that decision to leave, in your head, you have to know that you're going against something that you've said, and there's probably going to be backlash. And there is. But, you know, he's got to do what's right for him. Like, I have a mixed opinion on it, and it sounds like I'm, like, back and forth because he just got me so hyped on, like, being like, yeah, we're going to show WWE what's up. And then all of a sudden it's like, dude, you went back to WWE? What the hell? Like, you just, like, <laughs> went against literally everything. Yeah. But we don't know the the you know how it was backstage and all that. We don't and know. That, all and that that's the thing, like politics stuff. And so. just... Chavo Guerrero said that 
you know, for his experience, like, it's not that it's bad. It's just not like, maybe it's not like the amazing thing that everybody makes it out to be, you know? He just yeah. said that there's a lot does, of people. Chavo does so, seem a little bit bitter. He's he's a yeah, little Chavo, bit Yeah, Chavo is bitter when he's saying this stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, my, my, my man didn't get that call back. I think he's a little, he's a little <laughs> yeah. upset about that. Yeah, and, and Tony um, Khan in that uh, post media scrum thing is like, yeah, I should probably call him back. <laughs> like, yeah, he's just ripping you apart right now. Dude, well, Tony you Khan, know, I hope Tony Khan. Cody... No, I just want to say like Tony Khan's like cool, but he can be a little sus sometimes too. Like he's just like, like, <laughs> like just it's kind of sketch. Like he's just like, oh yeah, yeah. and then dude, I, I'll just never ever forget the. The reason why I fired Big Swole is this dynamite tonight or whatever it was rampage tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, let's those close up two separate tweets, guys. Let's co- close up Cody Rhodes and just by saying, like, you know, I hope when he comes to WWE, he doesn't just get pushed to the wayside, like, like being the new toy for a few weeks and then just like dropped. You know, bro. Let's hope but, that doesn't like, happen because I'm just keeping it real. Or even goes back to Stardust. You know, not maybe not the Stardust thing. Maybe he'll draw the line there. But <laughs> even there's ebbs He's got and that flows. Neck tat now. There's ebbs and flows in WWE. Even the guys that are the main attractions, sometimes something happens. I mean, Stone Cold went through a period where right before he uh, walked out on the company, like. He was about to like lose to Brock Lesnar, and it's we're talking Stone Cold Steve Austin. So what I'm saying is, is like there's phases that these things go through. Cody's gonna come in; he's gonna have a ton of hype. All the AEW fans are gonna be hyped, and then like, why in my head? And I wonder if there's anybody else listening. Three months from now, he's wrestling Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Title. Like it's like, dude, and then and then exactly what, what I'm thinking. Yeah, well, hopefully it's what? not Sammy. Hopefully it's Ricochet. <laughs> Ricochet, but but it's like <laughs> God, he's gonna he you know he he yeah. just winds up in the Dolph Ziggler position where it's just like you do stuff and you just get a good paycheck. They'll probably do a program with him and and Roman at some point. Roman being the heel. Him yeah, as well, just thinking face. like Cody can't like you know how he does those promos that were really good in AEW. He can't he can't do it like that yeah. at all. There's no nothing like, coming from the heart have 15 anymore. Minutes. Well, he also doesn't have the he doesn't have the anti authority to go against because all those heartfelt promos yeah. where he's tearing up and talking about he's talking anti WWE stuff. So now, what's he going to talk about? Anti AEW? <laughs> no, he wouldn't. No, he won't. He won't. No, he won't. No, he, he, won't, won't. No, he won't do that. I doubt um, it. Um, do you want to? Is there anything you want to say before we wrap up the Cody Rhodes thing, or is that pretty much? No, I think that's good. I'm I'm just glad that we're getting okay. some details into some stuff tonight. Like I think like I think like I I think some of the listeners like when we really dig a little bit. Like, you know, there's one thing when you say, Yeah, I like the match, the match was good, something, something, something. But like, yeah, I like that we're kinda really digging tonight, getting some good stuff out. This is cool. So yeah, what you got next? Um Well just one more thing before we uh get into the actual shows this week. So I watch NXT UK every week, and this week they had Roderick Strong, um, Russell, I think his name was Wolfgang, he's part of uh, Gallus over in NXT UK, good match, but at the end, he challenges 
Ilya Dragunov to an NXT UK Championship match, and this match could be, could end up being super good. And I don't know if they'll do it at like stand and deliver because it's an NXT pay per view, and sometimes um, they bring over the UK Championship. But yeah, the idea of uh, Roderick Strong versus Ilya Dragunov uh, sounds very hard hitting and could you know be just a banger. I hope it's not just on NXT UK. So, yeah, that should definitely be on pay per view. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a really good. Uh, yeah, finally they're doing. Yeah, finally we're getting something that feels familiar from that brand. That doesn't feel. Yeah. yeah. Two <laughs> Well, this is NXT UK, which has not had a facelift yet. So, yeah. which is so um, wild. It's almost like NXT UK is like flying under the radar. They're just like letting them do their thing. So far, man. I mean, they got Regal. Regal's son wrestles there. He's really good. Um, you have this guy. See, I want to say Ben Carter, but they changed his name, and I can't. I always forget what his new name is. Um, but okay, so let's get into Raw. Um, this week, if I can grab my thing. Okay, so there was a Kevin Owens segment, which is um. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin accepted his challenge, so he's going off on the mic. Um, and, you know, this kind of leads to... The story of the night was, like, Owens has something going on at Mania, and his buddy, Seth Rollins, does not. And at one point, um, there's an interview with Rollins backstage, um, and he's just... He's being pretty quiet, it's not saying anything, and then you can hear chants... And what I got out of the chance was they were chanting Cody uh, during this backstage Rollins segment. So I think, yeah, you know, some so. people are in the know. Well, um, they are. Yeah. So we'll come back to that in a second. But the the later on in the night, there was um, uh, I think I mean, I think it was a match with the women's tag teams, but what really matters about all of that is that now the women's tag team titles at Mania is going to be Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan versus Carmella and Queen Zelina, who are the champs, versus Sasha Banks and Naomi. At this point in time, during this week on Raw, that's the plan for this. Now back to the Owens and Rollins thing. Sometime afterwards, Rollins backstage with Kevin Owens, and he basically has a... Owens is trying to talk to him, and he's like, you know, make your own... Um, you know, make your own moment at Mania. So Rollins says he has an idea, and he's going to tell everyone later in the night. Um, again, we're going to have to get back to that as the show goes on. It's in and out with this Rollins and Owens thing. We get another Edge segment in the ring, which was, you know, very good. They changed his music. I personally hate it. He no Dude, longer has what in the, the classic. Hell? It's his favorite thing. <laughs> He's talked about Dude, it so I, many times. He's like, I have the best theme music ever. Like he, he, and he like, might, he just might in in and, wrestling. Yeah. He's one of so the best. I wonder what kind of convincing that took, or it, maybe it was his idea. I, I just I, highly doubt it. Considering maybe it's just for this version of him, um, this dark, and that's what this segment was about. Like him, just 
being dark. Know. Did you guys watch this segment? Like, he's just a darker Seth Rollins. Obviously, he's yeah. the heel, or darker Edge. Obviously, he's the heel in this AJ Styles and Edge match um, at Mania. Uh, I think AJ Styles is returning this week after being concerto twice and missing Raw last week. Uh, so I think AJ is going to confront Edge. It did Bullet seem kind Club. of like a segment. There's like, let's just have the heel go out and give a promo while the other guy heals. Yeah, just you know, just to fill time. They didn't really. They, they really didn't have to. They could have just waited till next week when AJ comes back. But because this they, like another replay of whatever happened last week. Yeah, because this segment wasn't um, nearly as good as the one he had done last week when he came out in yeah. like the suit and the all black, but. It's just the further storyline. So, I'm assuming the music, the music change is definitely going to be temporary. Oh God! I, I mean, he's going to come out to Mania to this music. Like, uh, not a fan. I think some people are. I just wasn't. So that maybe it's, it's just me. But uh, so. Seth Rollins' big idea is that he's going to have his own talk show at Mania, and he's going to have Stone Cold be his guest. And Owens is like, what? What is happening? Owens is like, what? He's like, that's my guess. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, but he should be my guest. And the idea for the main event of this night is Sonya Deville says, you guys are going to have a match, and the winner gets to have Stone Cold Steve Austin as the guest. One, it doesn't make sense because they've been hyping up Owens and Steve Austin and their storyline. So even if Rollins wins, it would just be like, what? They have the match. It was a good match, but Owens won, so he's still having Stone Cold, and Rollins does not have an opponent. But like we said, we're pretty, I'm like 99% sure it's going to be Cody Rhodes at Mania, and it's going to happen in some way. way It was like they just needed something on the show, and they did that. I don't know, dude. It was... It was a stupid idea made by bad creative. <laughs> yeah, <I was> <laughs> <laughs> so. and you, for, you forgot the part where if you're watching on YouTube, that's the only place you're going to be able to see this. But it's a stupid idea be bad, bad creative. <laughs> yeah, oh, and then you did the Cherokee face. Yeah, he does like the Dude, blue he was steel. Doing, he, was, he was doing a lot yeah. this week. Um, so, yeah, let's get into that because that was the, the, all that is going on with Raw this week. Let's get into Dynamite. Um, I mean, I might run through it a little bit quicker than normal just because we had such a long beginning um, before we got into these shows. But this week was the St. Patrick's Day Slam. Our first match was Adam Cole with Red Dragon versus Adam Page and Jurassic Express. Doesn't uh, Adam winners Cole... Winners were Adam Cole. No, you keep going. I'm sorry. Oh, you can say whatever you want. Okay. No, I was just gonna say, like, obviously, because it's undisputed era. But doesn't Adam, uh, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly coming out with Adam Cole just look so right? I'm like, ah, this is just how it's supposed to be. It like just made it just like yeah. They wait for him good. at the top of the ramp, and then Cole comes out, and then they all pose when Adam Cole does the baby in the ring. Well, they, and it's just like yeah. And they were coming out to Adam Cole's music, which is very. I'll probably on purpose reminiscent of the undisputed era music and like it just but yeah like, you're right it does look right it feels right it looks just right. looks right it yeah. feels right i'm like yeah this is this, these, <laughs> i miss those guys i love the undisputed era man sick um but the winners of this match were adam cole and red dragon there was some cool spots there was like a a triple like 
moonsault um, spot where uh, Luchasaurus was on the apron, does a, a, a moonsault. Don't remember who's doing to who, but then someone was, um, I believe Jungle Boy was in the ring doing the moonsault, and then Hangman Adam Page did a moonsault um, from like one of the turnbuckles at the post to the outside, and it was all done at the same time. It was a cool little spot yeah. they did. I'm sure Adam Cole and Red Dragon were waiting around to get hit, but uh, <laughs> it was a nice little spot. I, I enjoyed the match. Adam Cole seems to always open up shows in some way, yeah. uh, which is what this was. Yeah, that was a great way to start the show. I, I thought it was yeah. interesting that, like when they first came out, like Red Dragon, Adam Cole got like a pretty good pop. Mm-hmm. And then Jungle uh, Express came out, or Jungle Express, Jurassic Express. Jungle Express. Uh, <laughs> they came out, and they're like, the crowd went crazy. And I was like, uh oh, what's going to happen with Hangman? And he came out, and it was like the biggest pop. And I was like, oh, all right. So he's still, you know, people are actually believing, believing yeah. in him for a champion. Um. So after this, we had Keith Lee, Ricky Sartre, and Powerhouse back, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs backstage. Um. It's, um, Seems like Keith Lee is now in a program with people from Team Taz. It seems um, like our when next you're a new person, you have to go through Team Taz to be like initiated into AW. Yeah, right. You can't you can't go through anything else. Yeah, which you know we'll talk about more of someone else who's now dealing with Team Taz uh, because of the Keith Lee. Once we talk about Rampage, uh, we had a match though. Afterwards, it was John Moxley and Brian Danielson with William Regal versus Chuck Taylor and Wheeler, Wheeler Yuta with. Tramperetta, Orange Cassidy, and Danhausen. One, I thought this was actually a really good match, especially uh, Wheeler U is really good. Yeah. I, I'm not big on his look, but he's he's really good, and we've covered some of his matches before in the past, and I, I, think, I think it was his match against Adam Cole we talked about a while ago, and I thought it was really good, but the winners were Moxley and Danielson. Um, I mean, who didn't see that coming? When they're when Orange Cassidy and the best friends and that whole group is leaving, Wheeler Wheeler Yuta goes uh, goes back into the ring and he goes to shake Regal's hand. But Regal slaps the absolute shit out of him, dude. I was and... like, God damn! Awesome. <laughs> I was like, Oh my god! And he gets in Regal's face and Regal backs up a little bit and flinches, and then he starts smiling. <laughs> Danielson gets up there and there's no mic, but. If you listen closely or read his lips, Regal says, "Why don't you prove yourself a little bit more, Sunshine?" And then maybe we'll yeah. talk. You, you know they're Damn. calling it the slap of honor. They're calling it the what? Slap of honor from from Regal. Ah, oh, dude, like really, <laughs> like, that's really so turned, awesome. And then like got right back in his face, and yeah. it was. I was like, God but- damn. But this is how you make a new star. Like no one cared about Wheeler Yuta before, and now mm-hmm. like people were chanting. His right, name. we're talking about him. We're talking yeah. about him right now, aren't we? So the whole arena was chanting his name. And this is the kind of thing, though, that Danielson was talking about. Like we should take someone under our wing. Yeah. Um. So we'll have to see where it goes from there. Um. But yeah, I I like Regal with this group. This group is uh, a force to be reckoned with. And Regal was on commentary, wasn't he? For this one? I thought he was on just at the side. Oh, he maybe, he was on, maybe he was on commentary. Uh, I don't know. 
No, no, no. Yeah, no. He because he would have had to pass like Orange Cassidy and everyone coming back down the ramp then because he ended up in the ring. So I think it was just at the uh, outside. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so after this, we had FTR backstage talking about how they fired Tully. Um, the Young Bucks walk up. Can't remember what they talked about, but you know, I don't they, think they dropped a hint about. It sounded like Bret Hart, like being a manager for. That's uh, right. That's right. I th- and FTR. there is a rumor that you know that FTR might end up having Bret Hart, which every yeah. not everyone knows, but I think some wrestling fans know that the Hart Foundation is like those two guys favorite tag team of all time <laughs> yeah that'd be cool yeah, with, um, within, so then we have the acclaim backstage yeah then we have the acclaim the acclaim backstage who dude i love the acclaimed acclaim was awesome <laughs> they're one of my favorite tag teams now <laughs> they're hyping up uh the match of keith lee and max caster uh happening at on rampage this week uh ricky sarks and hobbs walk up and then Swerve Strickland walks up. So it looks like there's a little alliance with Keith Lee going on when it comes to uh, Ricky Starks and Hobbs. But like then there's... Like... Sorry, Max Caster at the end of that. Yeah. Like, isn't that guy a rapper? Or isn't that that rapper guy? Yeah. That's right. That's what he says. <laughs> uh, so then we have the next segment, which I, thinking about it, loved. It's genius. The Jericho Appreciation Society commencement, guys. <laughs> This is awesome. This is yeah. an awesome gimmick. I am I am all about it. Um Matt Especially from AEW. Yeah. Matt from 2.0, or they're not gonna be 2.0 anymore, but Matt, who is if you remember, Jericho kept calling him Squarehead. Uh it's Matt and Jeff are the two guys. Um, but he's hyping up Jericho and saying that, you know, if it was up to him, the Judas music wouldn't be playing. But he's like, that's why Jericho's a better man than me. And Jericho gets on the mic, dude. He's just hyping himself up. And eventually Jericho says, he's not a pro wrestler. He is a sports entertainer. (laughs) Dude, genius. Genius to get heat. Like, there's so much he can do with this now. It's... I'm like I could I just could just keep talking about it like yeah I didn't Daniel, see this coming at all. Daniel Garcia gets on the the mic and he says if Jericho is a sports entertainer, then I am too. Yeah. And you hear like the crowd was like no. <laughs> and Matt and Jeff of 2.0 are changing their names and they aren't going by 2.0 anymore. Uh, it's like cool hand Matt something and then like yeah. it's 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 like something it's ridiculous just- basically. That a company like WWE would come up with. He's like, well, like these are real names. And but they're giving him like weird nicknames, like you know how Keith Lee was Bearcat Keith Lee. Like so they're like cool hand Matt, whatever, and then Jeff has his own new name. And it's just oh, I see what they're doing and it's awesome. Yeah. And Jericho was talking about that um you know, he donated money to Daniel Garcia's accident that he had a few years ago. And that's why Daniel Garcia is with Jericho. And again, that's another thing like WWE sometimes brags about what money they donate and their sports yeah. entertainment. Like this is just another one. It's like genius, dude. Fucking genius. <laughs> uh, Jake Hager gets on the mic. He says, we are the JAS and we beat up pro wrestlers. And they say 2022 is the era of the sports entertainer. Love it, dude. I hated it like when it happened like last week in the turn, yeah. the name. 
And now I'm like, this guy just gets the, just gets to be big headed and hype himself up all the time. And these, <laughs> it's awesome. It's so yeah. good. There's so much you can do with it. Yeah, that line of like we're sports entertainers and we beat up pro wrestlers is amazing. And they're in a pro wrestling like dominated co- company. Tim, you've been quiet. What's your thoughts? I give it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I I, I like the heat that it you don't like little. it. No, I do. Okay. Right. No, I do like yeah, it. Like, yeah, I get the thought process behind it. And it's like, dude, genius, dude. Yeah. The guy just keeps reinventing himself. Like. I like and, it better. It makes, when it's it a makes bad the guy gimmicks too. works. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because the inner circle was awesome at first, and then they became like baby faces. And it, 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 uh, cool. it seems like when he's a when he's a baby cool. face, it seems like he's just waiting around to be the next heel. Yeah. So I I love this segment, guys. Um, you know, it helps people like the guys from Two Point and Daniel Garcia. It also gives a push. Push. They still never do anything with Jake Hager. Um, I don't get what's going on with him, but I don't even know if he wants a push. Yeah, he's just like I'll stay um, next to Chris. So after this, we had Scorpio Sky versus Wardlow. Wardlow is getting his TNT Championship match. Um, at one point, Sean Spe- at the end, Sean Spears walks out though, and well, first, how did you guys feel about the match? I thought it was good. I, you know, Wardlow got to shine a little bit. I, yeah, I didn't I think it was, it was right. anything crazy. It wasn't it was anything okay. crazy, but it was good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, but sh- at the, I don't like the American top team stuff at all still. No, no. And I'm about to get I- into that because there was some stuff I'm just like, why? Um, you're just going to wait till I talk about the American top team stuff, Tim? Is that what you were about to get into? <laughs> Yeah, I have a story from the barbershop of a customer who's not a pro wrestling fan, but he's an MMA guy, and he was asking me questions. So we'll get into it when we get there. Okay. So, yeah, towards the end of the match, Sean Spears walks out and distracts Wardlow, and MJF pushes Wardlow into the steel post. Scorpio Sky wins with a roll-up, which was weird after Wardlow was dazed from getting pushed into the post. So the winner and still TNT champion was Scorpio Sky. Afterwards, Wardlow gets attacked by Austin Vanderford from American Top Team. Not even a wrestler. He just gets attacked by one of the American Top Team guys. I don't know if this is the guy that's like married or dating Paige Van Zandt, but yeah, he's, he's out there. Okay, it is that guy. Uh, MJF is in the corner watching Scorpio Sky hold Wardlow as Sean Spears is about to attack. And then Wardlow breaks out of it and he takes out Scorpio Sky and Sean Spears. And then uh, Sean Spears, though, ends up um, hitting Wardlow with a chair shot. Um, and... I'm glad Wardlow put his hands up for it because I hate when they just let let it hit their head like unprotected. Well, first, first Sean Spears hits him with chair shots, and that oh, like yeah. wobbles him. And then Austin Vanderford again, random fucking Austin, uh, chokes out Wardlow. And then yes. they hold Wardlow up, and Sean Spears. The chairman goes for a chair shot to the head. And very last minute, yeah, Wardlow puts up his fucking hands. I thought it was going to be another JBL and Eddie Guerrero fucking situation, dude. He whooped that thing down. Um, but MGF, quote-unquote, pays off Dan Lambert for, I guess, uh, you know, helping them out, helping them to get uh, to attack Wardlow and all this stuff. Um, and, and then... It ends with MJF hitting Wardlow with a dynamite ring. 
So this feud that we've talked about has finally begun. And I called it. I called it last week. I said, MJF is going to get involved in this match. Scorpio Sky is going to retain. And that's how you get the feud started. So, Tim, what were you going to say about the, the MMA? Oh, stuff? the American Top. No, no. I So I have a customer who, I don't know, he probably hasn't watched wrestling. He's like one of those dudes who hasn't watched it since, like, I don't know, Stone Cold Steve Austin became popular. So he only knows, like, very little. But he's an MMA guy. He watches, like, UFC and, like, all that stuff. So he's like, dude, what's up with American Top Team and MMA people being on this AEW thing? And I was like... Oh, I was like, I'm even surprised you heard about it again. You're like, it's my least favorite segment of the show. <laughs> well, him as an MMA fan, like one of those purest guys. It does bring like, eyes over, I guess. Okay, so he told me, he's like, so AEW is getting pretty big, right? This is like the fourth person that is not a wrestling person that has been like, so this AEW thing, like, Seems like I don't know if it's because of how many commercials they run or the advertising, but I honestly think that the general consensus or whatever you want to call it of people that are just casual people, they're like WWE's the big one, but yeah, these AEW guys look like they're getting pretty big. Like I feel like even the like they're comparing people, it to like the old WCW. It's gonna eventually like even the average person's gonna be like. Yeah, there's like two main companies now. It's well, I mean, it's dude, AW think and about it's WWE. TNA when they were on Spike TV, and they had like at one point killing it. They were they thought they were killing it, but they had no advertising. I never had yeah, anybody back then be like, "So like TNA is getting pretty big." Like no one ever said that. But for <laughs> AEW, mm-hmm. I feel like they do say that. You know. Yeah, yeah. TNA back then should have been big because their roster was stacked. It was so stacked. It's just like, it was not that good if you go back and watch some of the shows. Like, the matches were good, but, like, the stories and behind-the-scenes stuff was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you you had good wrestlers there, but, like, whoever was doing, I don't know if it was Vince Russo doing the writing then. Bro. Bro. Scum of the earth. We got to get some TNA on the show if it's called TNA. What does Jim Cornette call him? Shit stain. Shit stain. Shit stain. (laughs) He wants to piss on his grave. I know that. Well, I know Turner, (laughs) like, because they're on Turner. So, like, Turner's Mm -hmm. really good at advertising their shows. Because you'll you'll see them on, like, like, March Madness is on right now. And yeah, I think. Show it. Yeah, I think being on a network like Spike TV or something at the time really did hurt, you know, TNA's yeah. um, thing. But because you th- you would you would think that at, I know we're kind of getting off track, but like bringing over stars like Kurt Angle and Booker T and like Kevin Ash and even Hogan yeah. would have brought some eyes over. Um, but yeah, I mean. If you didn't watch Spike TV, you would really have no idea that there was another company out there. But with AEW, yeah. you kind of see it everywhere. I honestly, I've seen I've seen AEW advertisements on on ones that isn't a TNT or TBS show. Look, I actually thought the six sided ring was kind of cool, but I also can see I liked it that if you were looking through the channels, 
you would be like, the fuck is this? <laughs> so like you're like like I kinda like I kinda get both sides, you know. Well, it's almost like you'd be flipping through and if it's NFL and then you're like XFL, it's kinda like, what the fuck is this? Like yeah. I get they're the same, but they're different, you know? Yeah, it's like and we'll it's not the same. Yeah, that when Hogan came in, I feel like he kind of ruined it too. Yeah, they were awesome before that. Yeah, Andy wasn't watching yeah. during that time, but uh, so he missed the whole like redo of the when they tried <laughs> to redo the Monday Night War, and it was like awful. Oh yeah, just a fail. Yeah. All right, well, let's get back on track. We went on uh, a so after. Yeah, so after the MJF Wardlow stuff, we had a uh, Jade Car- Cargill backstage. And then we had the debut match of they are now going by the Hardys. Um it's a good choice. Which I don't know if they if they have to or they chose to. Hey, they're not boys anymore. They're not young men. Like the Hardys makes complete sense and I'm not mad at it at all. Like Yeah. You know? But you know what I will get tired of or I'm getting tired of? And I know they've only had one match. I think it's Excalibur, or maybe it's Tony. He keeps saying the Hardy Brothers. Dude, just call them the Hardys. It's like every time it's like the Hardy Brothers in the ring, the Hardy Brothers this, the Hardy Brothers that. I'm just like, please stop. Just, I don't know. I don't know why it's bothering me. Maybe I'm just nitpicking. But Man with the mask, you've done nothing for me. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he did say that. William Regal told Excalibur. So you're right. No, no, he was on commentary then. Because that's when he said to Excalibur. Yeah, you were right, Jeremy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, because he, he thanks uh, Jr. as well. He's like, I know he didn't say anything, uh, but you helped me a lot too. So yes, the Hardys. for me. <laughs> so the Hardys had had their first match in AW versus Private Party. Fans were real hot to see you know Jeff get tagged in and do his thing, and of course, uh. Hardys get the win with Jeff doing the Swanton uh, bomb off the top rope, and dude, he just landed. Uh, he landed so hard, <laughs> like he, there was no roll out of it. It was just flip, flop, land, he landed, and pinned. Yeah, he <laughs> like yeah that. landed into the vid. Like oh, um, so the winners were the Hardys. The Adrade family office come out. Um, to, to you know, start some shit, and then stay in Darby Allen come out, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, Sting and Darby and the Hardys, you know, have some alliance going on against the Andrade family office right now. So we'll get into that more once we get into Rampage for a little bit. But uh, you seem to be doing something. Yeah, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed too. seeing the Hardys. You know, yeah, tagging, teaming up again. And now just in a different company. It feels right this time around with AEW. It feels like this is where they should be. Yeah. And I, I feel like this first match was kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say like they were rusty because they they weren't really that rusty, but mm-hmm. it was kind of like this, that getting used to each other again, even though they've been wrestling for years. But yeah. Yeah. I just think like from the, from now on, it's going to get better and better with them. I hope so. Yeah. Any thoughts, Tim? Yeah, I hope this becomes like the kind of the new norm for the Hardys. I like seeing them together. I like Jeff as a single, and I'm sure they'll they'll do that eventually. But it is nice that they're doing one more nostalgia run 
together. Well, yeah, I mean, they always have, like, I think the Young Bucks are, like, the only guys that rarely have singles matches. All the other um, teams, like, will end up doing a singles match against one other guy from another team, but, like, the Young Bucks never really do. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll see some solo Jeff um, stuff going on. We could see, like, Jeff and then, like, Nick Jackson or someone. Yeah, I mean, we've seen them in tag matches before, but never, you know, just one-on-one. Um, so yeah, so after that we had Red Velvet backstage and this led into our main event and it was, it was, well, I was going to say it was a lot better than their match on the pay-per-view. I thought this was, yeah, this was a thousand times better. It was Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa in a steel cage match in San Antonio, Texas, which is Thunder Rosa's hometown. And this match had a, a lot of everything kind of in it. You know, there was like crazy amount of chairs. Uh, which got built into like a pyramid, and after banging Brick Baker's head off the cage, she flopped flat back onto that this pyramid. It was stiff. Pyramid. It was stiff. Yeah. Um, he built something that was not going to collapse. They uh, they brought out or Britt brought out the the tax. Um, at one point, she tried to do her. Uh, is it called a lockjaw? Yeah. Her her submission, but Thunder Rosa bite bit her fingers, so she couldn't do that. Um, You know, Britt Baker's uh, uh, friends, uh, Rebel and Jamie Hader, couldn't get involved in this. You know, this is the way you do a steel cage where you can't escape. That's how you should do it. That's the whole. That's the whole point of it. That's the whole point of a steel cage is you shouldn't be able to escape, or at least I think originally when it was like thought of. So, hang on. This the old school guys got a butt in here for a second. Uh, the cage match is supposed to keep people in. It's literally the whole point. Only in the WWF is the rules, or the WWE is the rules to escape the cage, which is yeah. stupid. <laughs> you hear JR say that, and he's like, "This is how it should be." <laughs> All right, well, he's right. <laughs> but see, what they did instead, eventually, is Hell in a Cell, which for the well, most part people do stay in, but sometimes people do get out. Yeah, but for the most part, saying. people stay in Hell in a Cell. Uh, I think it was like the next day or whatever. I was like, the ring was smaller for the show. It was like sixteen by sixteen, which it, it's usually uh, I think it's twenty four by twenty four. It was um, that much smaller? Little, I think it was. I think that's what was the that? measurements are. But Jesus. they made it that way so they can get those spots with the chairs and everything so they can actually go into the ring. And you said you noticed it during the Jericho appreciation stuff, right? Yeah, I just noticed it because the camera, like when they cut across it, they're like that, um, that uh, I forget what camera shot it is, but it's like that when it goes like cuts across through the ring mm-hmm. and you can see the crowd and all that. But it just looked really small with them standing in it. I was like, that's be something different, and apparently that's average. Like that's normal size over in like Europe, like cause just because oh. they don't have a lot of space. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. So, a little fun yeah. fact. But yeah, yeah, so this match was really good. Uh, I thought it was a lot better than their match at Revolution, and I think looking back, it made sense to do it do it this way. But the winner in the end was Thunder Rosa, and she is finally your AEW Women's Champion. Uh, I think, you know, after all the storytelling they've done over the past couple of years with these two in general, even before Britt Baker was champion, 
you know, this all culminated to this. And I think uh, it was the right time to take off Britt Baker and it was the right person to put the belt on. Yeah. I didn't realize either. It was a year ago when they had that hardcore match on the St. Patrick's Day uh, slam show. So that was like even another good storyline reason to do it now. And the pop that she got from her hometown, just the entrance alone was insane. Aubrey, the ref, got tacks in her arm. Yeah, when she was counting, she was like right in the (laughs) tax. Yeah, I also. By the way, I also saw online that people were giving Britt Baker shit, saying that tax in wrestling are fake. Dude, no. (laughs) If you're, let me tell you something right now, dude. If you're (laughs) one of those people and you're listening right now, get some eyes, bro. What are you doing? There's videos of people like Jericho has pulled like tax out of him in like videos backstage and like. You see him stuck in up like what? How else would they stick to someone's back? With that's about that? as stupid as that's about as stupid as people when people say, "Oh, isn't it ketchup?" I'm like, "How much ketchup <laughs> do you think they have?" Like, also, uh, ketchup doesn't run thin like that, and it's not that color. And also, yeah. it would smell awful. Everybody in the whole arena would be like, Ew, <laughs> "Dude, <laughs> ketchup, <laughs> ketchup!" To me, that has like been sitting out for a little bit yeah. on like a plate as a terrible like- smell. <laughs> So when people are like, yeah, it's just ketchup, I'm like, okay, it's not ketchup. Like, dude, they, dude, the wrestlers would be like throwing up by it, just like getting in their nose. And <laughs> oh, like, oh. I can like, I can like smell that just thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But uh, yeah, any thoughts on this match, Tim and Thunderosa being the new champ? No, I, I thought it was cool. Yeah, it is time. Maybe give somebody else a try with the belt. If it doesn't work out with Thunderosa and it becomes one of those. Situation. Fans do like her. Yeah. And if she, you know, but Britt can always get the title back. You know yeah. what I mean? She's like that Charlotte character almost where it's like, ah, she could just rewin it. I think next week they're going to be in Britsburg, right. Pennsylvania. No. Maybe, or at least it's coming up. But I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if she took a break for a little while, kind of like Kenny, just, you know, you've been champ for so long and going, going, going. Like, it that wouldn't be surprised if she. Do it, so. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, so that wrapped up Dynamite. Um, what are we looking at, guys? Look, at, we're at about like an almost an hour in. So I'm going to try to run through this as quickly as possible, with but still be able to you know talk about it. But so SmackDown this week opened up with Roman Reigns segment and the and the Bloodline with Paul Heyman. Um. He's talking about how Brock's supposed to be there tonight, and then Heyman tells him, no, his uh, his flight got delayed. And so, uh, uh, so then Roman's, you know. It's always happening in WWE. It's always the reason. Dude, it's, it's, only, it's only time. It doesn't happen anywhere else. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, Roman, you know, goes off basically talking shit, um, and then Heyman checks his phone, and he's like, by the way, this is only like a few minutes after telling Roman that the flight's been delayed. Now he's like, he's landed. <laughs> like, okay. And they're like, yeah, and he's on his way here. So they all leave the ring. They go to the back. He's not just on his way here, dude. Brock Lesnar's fucking there. <laughs> right? So they get they get in this Suburban, and they're about to drive away. And obviously this all had to have been filmed previously because yeah. of the way they were cutting it. So then Brock Lesnar's driving up with like a forklift pretty much and he's going straight for the Suburban and the forklift smashes into uh, the car and the windows are all broken and then they pan to a different 
camera. And now you can see Roman and the bloodline, everyone in there. And they're like, what the fuck's going on? Brock's honking the horn on his, uh, his big forklift shit. Um, and then Brock starts moving the vehicle with a forklift and he, and he flips it. Um, eventually, uh, the bloodline and all of them, they get out and they hop in another truck. And as they're closing the doors, Brock runs up and he ends up ripping the door off the back door of the, the truck that they got in. This leads into a Brock Lesnar segment because Brock walks out to the arena with the door. So after puts he on just the... tried to attempt murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah WWE, they don't murder people, all right? <laughs> they just make them go away for a little bit, all right? <laughs> we didn't um, kill him. So... Just made him disappear. <laughs> just made him disappear. Um, yeah, put a man in a concrete crypt. Uh, doesn't kill him. He just makes him disappear for a little bit. <laughs> or I think there was a time big show like chokeslam Kurt Angle off of like some some part in the back, and he fell like twenty feet. Do you remember? And there was a big blood pile. Dude, like, I was spilled. like, I was like twelve when that happened, and I remember like being like, I know that this is like entertainment, <laughs> but, he, but I was like, did he just kill Kurt Angle? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so of- I, I'm glad you remember that segment because it was just a SmackDown segment. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was reading. I was I was deep in. Like I knew about kayfabe. I was reading books at that point. Like, <laughs> like really- but I was still like, bruh. <laughs> Did they just kill Kurt Angle? <laughs> um. So yeah, Brock's in the ring and um, basically again talking about like you drew for his blood, Roman. Um, and he's leaning on this door. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's furthering their storyline. I feel like Brock now though is kind of saying the same things every week. Um, at least the past two weeks, he basically has said the same thing after being attacked at Madison square garden by them. Um, so that was that segment again. I, I am excited for this match. Um, Oh, one thing I forgot to say when we were talking on about raw, what I read today about the Kevin Owens segment with Steve Austin, that's going to be the main event of day one of WrestleMania. The KO show? I think they're going to get a little bit more physical than just like a talk show. Like, yeah. Stone Cold, I think, is like doing some training. But yeah, apparently that's the rumor right now is that's the main event on day one. Not like a Charlotte. I don't know what day Charlotte and Ronda is going on. I know Brock and Roman will be main event of day two. Um, yeah. But they like the main Cody event not Seth being a title Seth. match. Yes, and Cody and Seth is supposed to be day two. But yeah, you're not doing a title match for the... Yeah. I mean, I get why they're doing it because it's fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, but just do it but, like, you know, midway through this four-hour show. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. But moving on. As I always say, uh, Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville's match is now an anything goes match. So they have now gotten a stipulation added to that. Um, Shayna Baszler and Natalia got added to the women's tag team title match at Mania. So now it's a fatal four way of Shayna Baszler and Natalia, who uh, I guess they're a team now. Um, <laughs> Naomi and Sasha Banks. Real Ripley and Liv Morgan, and uh, 
the champions, Carmella and Zelina. I guess this is a way to get, you know, more women on the show. And I mean, they do kind of have a big you know, women's roster now. So if you can get everyone on Mania, or at least, you know, some of the main people, uh, good on you. Later on the show, Pat McAfee gets told by Michael Cole, Pat, you got to go to Vince's office. And uh, he's like, we're live right now. And he's like, I know, but you got to go. So Pat walks to Vince's office and eventually they show a camera of him walking out and he comes to the ring and Pat's saying stuff like uh, he turned on wrestling one one week and uh, I forget. He said he, he turned on USA Network. He said a little network, no-name network. That's what he called it. I'm like, dude, that's the network you're on right now. I'm calling it a no-name <laughs> network, by the way. Uh, oh, wait, no, that was Fox. Sorry, they're on SmackDown at this point. So, But he's saying, I guess, Raw back in the day was on USA. And he talks about how you know he fell in love with wrestling and he knew that's what he, he wanted to do. But other sports got in the way. And then eventually he got a call from Michael Cole to come to the WWE. And he's now has a match at WrestleMania. But what Vince McMahon told him to do was to apologize to Austin Theory. And Austin Theory comes out and says, you owe me an apology. And McAfee goes, well, first of all, he has to apologize or he loses his match. Uh, Or he gets it taken away from that mania. That was the whole point of why he has to apologize. And Pat McAfee goes, I'm sorry. He can't do it. And then he's like, tries again. Can't do it. And Austin's like, come on, you got to do it or you lose the match. And he's like, he's like, I'm sorry. I uh, like beat your ass basically uh, last week. I think he says, um, he's like, I'm sorry. I absolutely like kicked the shit out of you. Uh, he says, I'm sorry. Your parents raised such a douchebag. Uh, he's like, I'm sorry. You're, he says, he says, I'm sorry. You're such a little bitch. Um, and, uh, which apparently counted as the apology because it was all right. But um, look, I like Pat McAfee. Yeah. I, I really do. I think he's a, he's one of my favorite commentators right now in WWE. Um, I don't know. He's got a better promo than most wrestlers right now. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. I mean, uh, after watching that, uh, yeah. I mean, you gotta think though. He's also always like. On commentary, he's always talking. So, and he does the podcast every week, which you know yeah. he's he's just talking all the time. So, you know, he gets a little a little training for that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I'm actually kind of looking forward to the match. Last time I saw Pat McAfee in a match, I think was War Games, and maybe it was everyone else making him look good, but he did good, a lot better than some other celebrities that come in you know and do stuff. He, I know they gave him a ring at one point to uh, to train with. Yeah, he has uh, one in his like compound too. Yeah, but the main event segment of the night was Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Charlotte Flair basically they're in the ring and basically beat the shit out of Ronda Rousey. Ronda f- tried to fight back, but she ends up power bombing Ronda through the table. Um, on the outside of the ring, uh, the commentary table. The week before, I don't think we had talked about it, but uh, they had like a backstage brawl at the end of the night, and they were slamming each other on cars and and shit um so yeah just furthering their storyline i think we only have like i think two weekends uh from now we're gonna be it's the first uh, weekend of april right 
Yeah, April 2nd, I believe, is the first night. Yeah. And I'm actually going over Tim's place that day, and we're going to be watching the first night together, so maybe we can do stuff pod-related, Tim. I'm always that down. That night while I'm, while I'm over there. Um, so that wrapped up SmackDown, though. There's a few things I wanted to talk about uh, when it comes to Rampage this week. First off, the opening match was Darby Allen versus The Butcher. Uh, match was okay. Winner was Darby Allen uh, via countout, which is something they don't really ever do in um, in AEW. Um, but afterwards, a the AFO. I keep wanting to say AHFO, but it's not that anymore. So the Andrade family office comes out and attacks, and then the Hardys come out and they uh, come out to save Sting and Darby. Uh, and the Hardys are rock- rocking a, a new shirt. They already have shirts made. And it's like half of it, it's kind of cool, but half of it, it says the Hardys at the top, half of it is Matt's face doing his V1, and the other half is Jeff's face uh, doing his throwing up the guns. Uh, and I think at the bottom it says blood over everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. Um, so they, because of this, uh, the Hardys come out to save them, they have announced that next week it's going to be Sting and Darby Allen and the Hardys versus the Butcher and the Blade and Private Party. So I'm actually looking forward to that tag match um, on Dynamite. You with us, Tim? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I just was reading something. But no, I'm with you. That's okay. okay. Um, so I don't know if you guys noticed, but Chris Statlander came out at one point during the night, and she has a little bit of a gimmick change. She's not bright colors anymore. Yeah. She's wearing like all black. I think the symbol on her face, the painted symbol, is like a darker symbol now. Maybe she got rid even. of the alien. Yes, the alien gimmick yeah. is is now finished. I heard that they were, gonna, um, and I heard that she really liked that gimmick. So someone must have talked to her about it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the main event on the show was Max Caster of the Acclaim versus Keith Lee. Uh, thought this was a good match. Winner was Keith Lee. But at the end, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, um, who I believe were on commentary, uh, come down and they attack Keith Lee. And while they were attacking him, Swerve Strickland comes out to save Lee. So I'm guessing at some point we're going to get a tag match, Swerve and Keith Lee versus Powerhouse and Powerhouse Hobbs and, uh, and Ricky Starks. That could actually be pretty good. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Um uh, so that wrapped up Dynamite. One thing I want to mention, so to the fans, all three of us are going to Dynamite May 4th or May 5th? 4th. I don't remember. May 4th. The 4th. Uh, okay. Yes, that's right. That's how Tim remembers what day it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, May the 4th so be with you. May the voice be with you. May the voice. May the voice. So maybe I, I was thinking, you know, maybe we can film some stuff while we're there or like on the way. Um, yeah, I'm excited. You know, for the pod. If anybody's going to be, be there, probably unlikely, but say hi to us. That'd be cool. It's in Baltimore. Yeah. Yes, it's in Baltimore at uh, UMBC's campus. Yeah, if you're around Mailwind and you want to come see us, the come force is with us in Mailwind on the 4th. <laughs> All right. So, but yeah, anyway, we'll be there. So that'll be cool. We're so super excited. Yeah. But uh, yeah, guys, that wraps up the show. That wraps up everything. Well, that about wraps it up. Well, seriously, thank you guys so much for joining us again for episode 28. Um, you know, just want to say one more time that 
you know, uh, Scott Hall, this episode is dedicated to you, and thank you so much for all your influence uh, that you've had in professional wrestling because you've changed the business forever. And a lot of it is was stuff like me for when I was a kid and I grew up. It just had such an impact on my life, so I really appreciate it. The only other thing I'll say this week is, because we didn't bring it up at the top of the show, is uh, please go to uh, YouTube and check out the PW Fan YouTube channel. Like and subscribe. We have all episodes up to date. Um, everything that we've ever recorded is up there right now. And there's videos starting around, I believe, like episode like 19. Um, and then please go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. That would be amazing. Andy's got a Instagram uh, Funko pop page. If you're into collecting those, it's at the 410 fan bros on Instagram. And we are at the PW fan on Instagram. I think that about wraps it up though, guys. I appreciate everybody for joining us and we'll be back for episode 29 next week. Thank you so much. We'll be right back.